All right. So I grew up in this place called Gypsum. Have you ever seen the town on your way to, I, to Denver on I-70? It's this little tiny town. And I just grew up in the mountains. And I'm not like a hill person. Like it's a normal town and everything like that. But yes, that was really awesome. There it is. All right. So I, I grew up in this mountain town. And as I grew up, I had this rule when I was a kid, and I'm talking like, you know, elementary school all the way up through, um, and it was the rule of go outside. When you were younger, did your parents ever just say, go outside, like get out of here? And now all my childhood, like there was also, there's three seasons a year I had to stay outside, and the only season, because my parents weren't just completely cruel, was winter I could be inside, but everything else was, please go outside, for the love, go outside. And so I was an only child, so I just kind of like associated with some really awesome friends I grew up with in the neighborhood, and we were like a pack or a flock or whatever you want to call us, right? And, and we just always hung out. And it was these times where we were bored. Have you ever just been hanging out with some friends, and you're bored, and then you make a terrible decision? Has that ever happened? Right? That's like the story of my childhood. And so this, this one fall weekend, um, I say this fall, fall is about a week long in the mountains. And the, the leaves are gone, then there's snow. But during, during that week, we just were bored. And we decided to have a bad idea. And so we were just in this tree house. And in this tree house, it was magnificent. It's like the best looking tree house seven-year-olds could ever build. All right? I'm just talking like there's just pieces of wood nailed to a tree. That's all that our treehouse consisted of. There was no roof or walls or a floor. It was just like any nail we could find in our dad's shed, that's what we used. And so stuff sticking out and everything like that. And it's a little crazy, but we were in this treehouse and in my buddy's yard, there's a tree on one side and a tree on the other and they were split by about 50 feet. And we thought to ourselves as we were in this wonderful treehouse, we should get to the other treehouse, but not touch the ground while we did it. Like, that seems like a great decision. And so we were bored. And so we were like, what's the best way? We need to, like, let's bridge this gap. Because the other tree was hard to climb, but it had a better system on the top for another magnificent tree house. And so we decided to make a zip line, okay? And, you know, we're, we're young. And so we're like, well, what, what, should we, what materials should we use? So we found some twine. All right, now, if you don't know what twine is, that's the stuff that like, furniture, American Furniture Warehouse like, uses to tie mattresses to your car. All right, that's the kind of material that we're using. So my buddy James, he's a much better climber than me. And um, what happens is he climbs up this tree and he ties off one end and then he goes up the, the tree where we had our awesome tree house and, and ties the other end. But we hadn't taken physics yet because we were like in third grade and we didn't understand that like zip lines need to have one point lower than the other. They were about even. <clears throat> and they also had like this wonderful slack in it. Um, and so James is on top of the tree, and he's like, well, now we're just racking our brains. Like, what should we use to, like, zip, so to speak, right? <laughs> zip line. And, and so we're just like, we'll get a stick. Or, like, we don't have belts because we're in third grade, and we're just, we don't know what to do. And so he's like, never mind, I got it. And so what he meant by I got it is it was fall, so he's wearing a snowboarder jacket. And on the bottom of his jacket, there's, they laid this little carabiner which its purpose in life was to hold gloves. That's why it was made, was to hold gloves. Like, just take the gloves off and attach it and you're real cool, right? Kids, kids don't need to lose their gloves. And so he's like, I got it. And he just goes, clicks it on there and just goes out the treehouse, right? And I'm telling you, he made it like three feet and then he flipped upside down. 
right? Because the, the carabiner's on the bottom of his jacket. So he's immediately like, woof, like that. And he goes, zzz, like that. And I mean, I don't know how tall it was because I was young, but I'm guessing it was like 100 feet in the air. And he zips and he goes like this and we're losing our minds laughing. We're laughing so hard because he's just like freaking out, like just like some crazy animal tied by a carabiner. And then the carabiner explodes, just explodes. And then in slow motion, we see James just do one of these and flat on his back. And we run over to him and he had the air knocked out of him. And if any of you have ever had the air knocked out of you, it's one of the worst feelings ever. You can't do anything. You cannot, you can do nothing. So we run over, James, James, are you okay? And he's like, like he's dying, right? And so then we start trying to administer CPR and that didn't work. But then he came to and it was great. But the... This aspect of bridging this gap that we try to do, and I think in life we try and bridge a lot of gaps as well. We try and get from A to B. And tonight what I want to do is I want to help us realize how to cross and how to bridge the most important gap in all of creation. All right? And this, this gap is illustrated by this wonderful thing called the Bible. All right? Now, for those of you that are familiar with the Bible, you'll know some of the stuff I'm talking about. For those of you that aren't, what I want to do tonight is I want to give you guys the entire mega theme of the whole Bible in one sentence. Like if I could tell you the whole mega theme for the entire Bible, would you want to hear that anyway? Let alone one sentence? Well, that's what I want to do tonight. And as we understand this sentence, as we understand this verse, it is going to tell us how to bridge the gap between man and God. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And this verse is found in Romans and that's a book in the Bible to the New Testament. And it's in chapter 6, verse 23. Let's take a look at it. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, in order to break this verse down and, and really paint the picture that it's the entire Bible from beginning to end, we need to start in the beginning. And so this is how it all started. And Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And Genesis means beginning. And here it's just pictured perfect, wonderful, just movie almost. It's like a piece of poetry is, is how Moses wrote this, this, these verses and how God created everything, how he created the heavens and the earth. And it's really awesome how God did it. Genesis 1-3 says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke and there it was. And and that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible teaches. This is what I believe as well. And maybe you don't believe that creation started this way, but this is what the Bible, through the mega theme of the Bible, it all starts with God spoke things into existence. And so it didn't, you know, obviously end there. It took him seven days to create the the entire world. He 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 talks about let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of heaven from the waters of earth. That's talking about like the atmosphere between all the land, water, like rivers, seas, things like that. And he just keeps speaking these things and it keeps on going that way. He talks, he says, let there be vegetation on the land and trees and plants just sprout up. He didn't even lift a finger for these things. He says, let there be a moon and a sun. Let there be stars and the stars just came. Like, I'm guessing that's the sound effect that happened when, when God's doing this. But he spoke things into existence until he got to man, until he came to man. When he created man, he didn't speak. And in Genesis 2, 7, it says, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. God didn't say a word. He didn't speak us into his existence. He didn't say, dude, chick, 
just how it went. Like, God, what it says, he did, he stooped down and he formed Adam from the clay. And then it's like, okay, Adam, get up. No, like, Adam was still just a body at that point. So after he formed Adam, he breathed life into him. Air from God's lungs filled Adam's lungs. That speaks to something much closer than just speaking lion up. But God breathed life into Adam. What we see is God created us in relationship. He created us to know him intimately. And so when he breathed life into Adam, Adam was then created not just by speaking him into existence, but Adam was created to be with God. He was created to be on the same level as God. And so we see right here, the man's side of this gap and the God side of the gap are, are on the same level. And this is how we were created to be. We were created to be on the same level, but something happened in Genesis as well. And in chapter three, it talks about that Adam and Eve, they sinned. They did something bad. They, they disobeyed God, and when they did that, they fell. And so as they fell, the gap between and the level between us and God drastically changed. And this, this verse, Romans 6, 23, is gonna tell us why the gaps are different, why they're so far apart. Because when we're at this level, when we're this slow, we can't get there on our own. I mean, maybe we raise ourselves a foot by just like helping granny across the street, but there's no way we can make that gap on our own. There's no way we can get there on our own. But Romans 6.23, we're gonna unpack it literally word by word. All right, so we're gonna take the first half of the verse first, and it says, for the wages of sin is death, all right? So to just go over these sides, sin itself is what separates us from God, all right? Now, the wages of sin is death. I mean, a wage. I mean, what is a wage? For those of you that work, right, you earn a wage. If you flip burgers at Burger King, you're earning that money. Like, you deserve that money. No one wants to sit back there and be a fry cook. Maybe SpongeBob, but that's different, right? Now, a wage you earn. That is what, what you do. And, and you deserve your wages, right? I mean, you work hard for them. And maybe you get allowances at home or whatever it is, but you earn those wages. All right, now sin is the next word we're going to unpack. Now, sin itself separates us from God. But what is sin? It's basically just bad stuff, right? Murder, bad stuff. That's a bad, that is sin. We could all probably agree on that for sure. Um, and, and this encompasses not just the big ones, like, like murder and, and rape and things that are terrible and awful and, and genocide and things like that. But this, the Bible illustrates sin in a lot of different ways as well as even looking at pornography. Um, things like that are also sin. And sin is itself separates us from God. So sin is the gap between us and God, and there's no way we can get across it on our own. There's nothing that we can do to be able to get back on God's level. And this last word in the first half of the sentence, or the verse here, is death. And what is death? Pretty simple. To live no more, to just be done. Whatever you probably heard in the movies is, is, is a good definition of death. Death is just to live no more. Now, the Bible itself says that death is a separation. 
And so you, you talk about like maybe in the movies you've seen like a, a spirit kind of separate from the body and like it doesn't go back, right? Well, in, in the Bible, it talks about that death is a separation from God, not just for a little while, eternity. So when death is mentioned in the Bible, it's talking about eternal separation from God, eternal separation. And so, I mean, that's summed up in one word and that's hell. I mean, absolute evil is the complete absence of God. And that's what the Bible illustrates. So let's, let's, let's break down this side of the gap here. Mankind, for the bad things we do, we earn a wage of death. And Romans 3.23 says we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every single one of us, I, was born on this side, and I earned, for the bad things I do, death. We all do. We're all born on this side. But... Now, this is, I really guys, I want you guys to look at this butt. Normally, guys, I say, don't look at butts. This is a good one, all right? <laughs> this butt in this sentence is a good butt to, to be, pay attention to because if everything is negative before and then it's a comma, but <laughs> everything's going to be good after, right? Like, that's how it goes. Normally, like, from parents, we hear the reverse, right? It's like, Will, you're an awesome son, but you suck sometimes, right? <laughs> like, that's the bad butt. This is a good butt. All right, this is a good butt. We, we like this butt. All right, so for the wages of sin is death. Mankind, for the bad things we do, we earn death. But God. All right, so let's take a look at this other side of the verse right here. And it's going to keep going. And we're going to look at uh, the rest of the verse. And the next big word in this verse is gift. All right? So we're going to look at a gift opposed to a wage. Now, a gift isn't something you earn. A gift is free. That's just, that's simple definition. And, and maybe you guys have some family or people that like give you something, but you know there's strings attached, right? That's not the gift that the Bible's talking about here. The, the Bible's talking about a free gift. And, and I would even go on to say, if you get a gift from somebody, they care about you. Like they're going out of your way. They're going out of their way to, to give you something. And I, I, I'll even venture to say that they love you a bit. And maybe bros, we're not gonna say that we love our bros or whatever, but like if you're giving somebody a gift, you like them enough, you love them enough to be able to go out of your way to do something for them with no strings attached. So gift is free. Next one, God. Who is God? And I like to, uh, normally when, I, when I, ask, I ask this to strangers a lot, they say the big man upstairs or the bemus. All right, that's what I say for short because I don't want to write all that stuff out. Now, the big man upstairs, let's let you know, like the white, white cloak and the big beard and the big hat, Wait, that's Gandalf. Um, just God, right? Father, like creator. Now, one thing I want to stress in this is that God, the big man upstairs, is perfect. He is perfect. And that is why this gap exists. Because he cannot be in the presence of something that's not perfect. And God, being perfect, had to separate here when the fall came. Now let's keep going. Um, <clears throat> eternal life. All right, eternal life. And we're going to put this together because, um, you know, you generally hear them together. Now I'm not talking about like vampire eternal life, all right, like Twilight or anything like that or vampire diaries sort of business. Um, but what I am talking about opposed to death on this side, eternal life is Instead of being separated from God for eternity, it's being in communion with God for eternity. So it's like in 
the presence of God forever. This eternal life means you can walk outside, get hit by a bus, and you're just next to Jesus. Next. Like that's, that's eternal, eternal life. All right, and that is how that's marked out. So let's take a look at both these sides again. So mankind, because the bad things that we do, we earn death, but God, because of the bad things we do, gave us a free gift of eternal life. God looked at the sin and he still gave us the free gift of eternal life. He didn't look at the sin and condemn and judge and just drive away and just go off and, and do something else. But he looked at the bad stuff in our life and he said, you know what? They're worth it. They're still worth the ultimate prize to live forever. And this is how this happened. God came down to our level. God came down to us. And it's all through the next person outside of God in, the, in the Romans 6.23. It's Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus came down as a man. He lived as a man. He was all God and he was all man, 100%, 100%. And what he did is as he was all God and all man, he lived here and he was born a baby. We'll let them get this figured out. There it is. You guys ever know what, what, thought what God looks like? Just like Jeff. All right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> mankind, for the bad things we do, we deserve death. But God, because of the bad stuff we do, gave us a free gift of eternal life. And how that's possible is God came down to our level. He lived as a man. Jesus came down. He was born a baby. He pooped and he cried and as a kid and all that stuff. He, he had skin and bones. He's a real dude. He didn't float around on a cloud with a halo over his head the whole life. He was a real guy with real emotion and he lived here and he was born here, but he never sinned. He never once sinned. So he doesn't stay here, but instead Jesus stands in this gap. What Jesus did is he took all of the sin, all the stuff that we deserve because he lived perfect. He didn't deserve death, but he decided to give his life up for all of us for every single person born before him, after him, anyone ever created, Jesus said, they're worth it. And he went and he died a horrible, terrible death. He was whipped, he was beaten, and he took sin with him to the cross. He literally died in place of a murderer. And the Roman government at the time whipped him, beat him, put hands or put nails through his hands, nails through his feet. He died on the cross. But death could not hold him down. Because remember, sin is what makes us deserve death. But he died in the place of a murderer. So death couldn't hold him down. And the spirit of God rose him up again. And in three days, all of a sudden, a sturdy bridge exists between us and God. 
I want to bring out Josh. Where is he? There he is. <clears throat> Josh is going to represent mankind for us. And Joshua, he was born here. And what I just think is awesome is Joshua uh, led his, his people, all of God's people, into the promised land. I believe that he's going to help us lead people in the promised land tonight too. But Joshua represents all of mankind, all of us. And he's born on this side in death. And how we're able to cross this bridge is the last word in our verse, Romans 6.23, and it's Lord. And if you think to yourself, what is a Lord? Like in old times, like, you know, like the Lord was like the head of the castle and, and he, you know, had all the people underneath him. And if any of those people, any of the tenants wanted to do anything, they had to get approval of the Lord. He was just the head guy. We kind of relate the same way to a landlord now. Like you can't just bust out a wall in a rental. You have to like talk to your landlord about it. Now, this idea of lordship, I think the church definitely kind of, or, or Satan rather, twists this idea of lordship in that you have to follow all the rules of the Bible to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You have to follow every rule. And if you don't follow it, that means that he's not the Lord of your life and you gotta do all this stuff. Well, I'm gonna tell you those are lies. What, what it means to have Jesus as Lord of your life means you enter into a relationship with him. Because I want to remind you of what the beginning looked like when we were created to be with God. That God was so close to Adam that he breathed life into him. And I believe that Jesus wants to breathe life into you tonight as well. I believe that there's, there's some of us here that maybe we even already have a relationship with him, but you know what? We need life again. We need to be rekindled. There's people in here that maybe have not had a relationship with him before. And I'm telling you, he's calling you tonight. And I want to tell you and I want to stress to you how easy it is to make Jesus your Lord. To make Jesus the relationship. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. Gap no longer exists. The bridge is sturdy there. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So as Josh makes the decision to trust Jesus with his whole life and say, Jesus, I believe that you died. I believe that I'm a sinner and I don't want to be a sinner anymore. So I will walk on you and I will enter into this relationship with you. And then I will be with God and eternal. That's how easy it is. Jesus was real. He's a real person. If you're real with him, he will be real with you. And that's all it takes is just to talk to him. It's just to talk to him. And then what does eternity look like? What does eternity look like? This, you, are, you will one day be able to be exalted and risen with God again, not having to worry about your past at all, but you will be lifted high in the last day. <laughs> What's heaven like? It's nice. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> now, I, I want to I be real with you. Like, if you're, there's three people living in this world. 
There's three kinds of people. There's, there's the people like Josh. I would count myself in, in Josh's book because I have a relationship with Jesus and I meet with him every single day and he tells me jokes. He tells me puns, dad jokes, I love them. He tells me what my heart needs to know and he gives me a sense of peace and of love and of relationship that no one on this planet would be able to give me themselves. And as I'm here, I can be confident that yeah, my, my body may pass away and I'll feel pain in this world and it's gonna be tough, but I, I'm already exalted with him. I'm already exalted with God. And there's, there's also people that are still on the man's side and they're looking across the bridge and they just haven't made that choice yet. They haven't placed their faith in God yet. And there's also people that are on the man's side that are just fine being over here. On the, on the death side of things, they're fine with that. And I'm not here to push anybody into anything. But I do wanna say, if you're the person looking across the bridge, and some people say they're halfway there, like they're, they're halfway in the bridge, kind of related to you're pregnant, you're either pregnant or you're not. You're not kinda pregnant, right? So if you think that you're like halfway, like I just wanna, I want you to identify with the person that's looking across the bridge still. And I want, I want you to hear these words. These are words from, from someone very close to me. And they say, if you're like me, then the enemy is telling you that you're not worth anything. But I'm gonna tell you the truth. No one purchases anything without weighing the cost and measuring its value. Jesus purchased your heart already. He already paid the price. It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. It's yours. Believe me, you've been weighed and only one price would do. So when someone is willing to pay everything, you must be worth something. I'm telling you, Jesus paid everything for your heart. He calls you his special treasure. Out of love, he came down. Out of love, he wants to bring you up. So I want everybody to, to close their eyes. And I want you to just Picture yourself somewhere in this illustration, on this bridge. Picture yourself somewhere on this bridge. Are you looking across that bridge? And if you are, I want you to imagine Jesus with his arms open. I want you to be with him, how you were created and destined to be. If you're eternal, I want you to imagine you hugging Jesus right now. And with every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to ask you a couple questions. If you've already entered into relationship with Jesus, if you've already asked him and you told him that you believe in him and that you want him to take control of your life, if you've already made that choice, I want you to, and you, and you, and you put your, yourself in the eter eternal side with God, I want you to raise your hand if you've already made a decision like that before. Every eye closed, every head down. Okay, put your hands down. Now, if you want to make that decision tonight, if you want to enter into a relationship with him, I want you to lift your hand up, and I want you to be bold about it. Put your hands down. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. 
out loud. And this, this, is, this is the prayer. This is what you do to enter in relationship with Jesus. And I remember the first time I prayed it and I was completely changed by it, having Jesus in my life. And so everybody repeat after me, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you lived. I believe you died. I believe you rose again because you're perfect. And I believe you're standing in the gap, offering me relationship with you. And I want this relationship. Please, Jesus, make a home in my heart. I want to be eternal. Live forever, hand in hand with you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, I, I really, I want you to tell someone tonight. And can we just give a round of applause for those that did that? Because that's awesome. It really is. It's something special. Now, for those of us that just wanted to, like, have a rekindling of, of our a relationship with him, I want you to know that, like, you're not alone. I want you to know that like there's people here that like we, we, we care about you we want to know your story we want to help you because God created us to be with him in community and there's a lot of people at that party in heaven that party right now and just like we danced in that first song today like it's a party that's what it is all right let me pray uh, another prayer of blessing over you and then we'll get to some other excitement. Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for, for who you are, for how you work, God. And I pray, Lord, that you can just see every single heart in this room. God, we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done. And, and Jesus, I pray that anybody that's called on your name for the first time tonight, I pray, God, that, that they can feel a new a new presence in this moment right now, that when they wake up tomorrow morning, they're gonna feel this, this awe-inspiring presence they've never felt before, God. And I pray, Jesus, they can truly rejoice at that. We love you in your heavenly name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.